Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. Father, as we get into your Word now, speak to us, encourage us, inspire us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. As Pastor Tony has already mentioned, last week we began a sermon series on healthy families. We all want to have healthy families. I don't think there's anyone here. I don't think there's anybody online who wants to have a family that is unhealthy. Now God prescribes for us how we can have healthy families. So we learned last week the pillars on which God's design for family is built. And one of those pillars is that a family, a healthy family is built on the marriage covenant between a husband and wife. It's also built, a healthy family is built on the principle that a husband is the head of the family. And Healthy family is built on the principle, God's principle, that a wife is a suitable helper for a husband. Today, we want to talk about strengthening the marriage bond. So everybody say, strengthening the marriage bond. Now, say it because you're my students this morning. One more time. That's very, very good. I'm encouraged now. You see, according to God's design, a family starts with marriage. Now, I know that is not true of every family, but we are talking about God's design. So, family starts with marriage. And for any family to be healthy, then the marriage must be healthy. So, a healthy marriage is the foundation for a healthy family and a healthy society. Can I say that again? A healthy marriage is the foundation for a healthy family and a healthy society. So, recently, the Joint Economic Committee in the U.S. Congress published a report that says... The happiest marriages are healthy marriages. And the report, that report also says, a healthy marriage brings fulfillment in life into the couple's lives. And it also creates the right atmosphere for the couple and their children to thrive economically, to thrive mentally and physically. It contributes to their physical and mental health. Also, children who grow up, according according to that report, children who grow up in a healthy marriage do well in school. That's why we need to talk about strengthening the marriage bond. Let me give you another reason why we need to talk about strengthening the marriage bond. 
Strong marriages are key to building a great family legacy. If you want to have a great family legacy, then you need to have a great marriage. For example, John Edwards, who was a preacher in the 17th century, how could I say, say it again? Yeah, 17, 1700s. Okay, I got stuck there. John Edwards, who was a preacher in the 1700s, built a great multi-generational family legacy. Let me show you what I mean by that. His children and his descendants who came from his line, from John Edwards' line, held influential leadership positions in the U.S., in their day. For example, one was a U.S. vice president. One was a dean of a law school. One was a dean of a medical school. Three were U.S. senators. Three were governors. Three were mayors. Thirteen were college presidents. Thirty were judges. Sixty were doctors. Sixty-five were professors. Seventy-five were military officers. Eighty were public of public office holders, 100 were lawyers, 100 were clergymen, and 285 were college graduates. What a legacy. And you know why? It's because John Edwards had a strong and healthy marriage with his wife, Sarah Edwards. I tell you, you too can have a great family legacy. You too can change the story of the reputation of your family. Oh, you too can change the background of your family. However, we need to be aware that Satan has an agenda to destroy families. Satan is on a mission to destroy families and destroy marriages through divorce through separation, through confusion. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, we need to embrace God's ways of building family because God's ways are secure, because God's ways are firm, because God's ways are solid, because God's ways are safe. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Jeremiah 6. Chapter 6, verse 16, it was God speaking to the children of Israel through him. Told the children of Israel. And God is speaking to us today through what Jeremiah told the children of Israel. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. Let me tell you, when we walk in the ways of God, we are safe. When we walk in the ways of God, we are secure. So, we all need, ladies and gentlemen, to make a commitment, whether you're married or not, to strengthen the marriage bond. Because families are as healthy as the, as the marriages. 
Society is as healthy as marriages and families. So how then is the marriage bond strengthened? Are you with me? Come on, I need a witness. Are you with me? How then is the marriage bond strengthened? Number one. A marriage bond between you and your spouse. And I'm speaking to even those who are, who are not yet married. Those who look forward to getting married. And even if you don't think you will marry one day, well, God has a plan for you to get married one day. Come on now. I thought you'd give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you're looking forward to getting married one day. Yeah, so a marriage bond between you and your husband is strengthened when you put God at the center of your marriage. Oh, putting God at the center of your marriage means God takes the first place in all matters concerning your marriage. And why? Why should God be at the center of your marriage and my marriage? Well, Psalm 127 verses 1 and 2 tells us that unless the Lord builds the house, the builders do what? They labor in vain. They waste their time. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the gods stand watch in vain. Woo! Here in Uganda, you hear sometimes buildings that have collapsed because they were not built by the right people. They were not built by qualified architects and engineers. They were not built by competent architects and engineers. Hey, if you want, I say Ugandan, I'm not talking about people in the U.S., people in Canada. I'm talking about Uganda and Africa here. So if you need your house, if you want a house that is solid, that is uh, secure, that is strong, you need to involve a competent architect and engineer in your building project. Now, can I tell you something? God is the expert builder. He's the master builder of marriage because he's the designer of marriage. God is the expert builder. God is the master builder of family because he's the designer of family. When you have God involved in your marriage, I can tell you something. Your marriage will be solid. Your marriage will be firm. Your marriage will be secure. Why? Because God, in his word, has prescribed and communicated principles on which we need to build our marriages. Jesus, one time, in fact, it was, it was in, um, um, in his sermon on the mount. He told the disciples and the crowds that everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practices like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. We sang it a while ago. Christ is my firm foundation. Come on. The firm foundation for your marriage is God. You need God in your marriage. Put him at the center of your marriage. So Ivan, you come here, please. You know, as Christians, 
When you get married, okay, it's not just the two of you who are building your marriage together. It's not just the two of you who are involved in that marriage. There is the third person, all right? There is the third person. So this is the husband and the wife is right here. But can I tell you something? God is here. In fact, I should change it. This is the husband here. The wife is on this side. And God is in the middle. He's at the center. Now, Ivan, I want you to tie a knot on that rope. Okay. Let's see. Are you able to break, to snap that, that rope? It's a three-strand rope. It's a triple-braided rope. Come on, Ivan. Ivan, you're strong. Ivan, you're energetic. Come on, Ivan. You're a superman. Keep, keep doing it. You're a superman. Break it. Snap it. Come on. Hey, I think you had eaten something in the morning. Let me tell you. A triple-braided rope, a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. That's what Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12 tells us. Can I tell you something? When God is at the center of your marriage, your marriage can withstand any storm. Your marriage can withstand any problem, any challenge. Challenges will come. Problems will arise. Storms will hit your marriage. But I tell you what, when you have God at the center, the builder at the center, you are rest assured your marriage will endure. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So, how do we put God at the center of our marriages? Please write this down, everybody. Write it on, on your, in your notebook, on your iPad, or whatever, whatever you have. We put God at the center of our marriages by praying together as couples. Prayer binds us spiritually. We put God at the center of our marriage, uh, center of our marriages, by reading and studying God's word together. That way, as couples, you grow, you grow together spiritually. We put God at the center of our marriages by fellowshipping with fellow believers. That's why you need to attend church together. That's why you need to join a married cell. That's why you need to have other couples who are godly in your lives because Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20 says, whoever walks with the wise does what? Becomes wise. But a companion of fools will suffer harm. So secondly, how do we strengthen the marriage bond? Are you still with me? Come on, are you still with me? We strengthen the marriage bond. When you and I delight in our spouses. Whoa, that's a good one. When you delight in your spouse, when I delight in my spouse, we strengthen the marriage bond. So, when God brought Adam to Eve, oh man, the man was so excited. The man was delighted to see Eve. He had never seen anything like that. He had seen animals, he had seen birds, but he had not seen another human being, a better one than him. So he was delighted. Genesis tells us that um, the man said, Adam, 
when he saw Eve. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Wow, he celebrated in a song or in a poem when he saw Eve. Let me tell you, we need to delight in our spouses. And to delight in your spouses means this. You cherish your spouse. You treasure your spouse. Oh, you honor your spouse. You treat your spouse as a special gift from God. You know, when something is special to you, you hold it dearly. Come on. And you don't want, to be, you don't want it to be taken away from you. King Solomon says that, let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Guys, are you listening? Rejoice in the wife of your youth. And Apostle Paul gives us this instruction. So again I say, a man must love his wife as a part of himself. And the wife must also see to it that she deeply respects her husband, obeying, praising, and honoring him. So, how do we delight in our spouses? Are you ready for something? Come on. Celebrate your spouse. Say good things to your spouse. Say good things about your spouse. Compliment your spouse. Come on. Yeah. And I know some of you, you know, guys, your wives are no longer spring chickens. Some of you don't understand what I mean. They no longer look the same way they looked when you first got married. Because they are aging now. They have developed wrinkles on their faces, on their cheeks, and gray hair on their heads. Can I tell you something? When you look at your wife, though she has wrinkles on her face, on her cheeks, and gray, gray, gray hair on her head, you tell her, you're the most beautiful girl I've ever met. Now, you girls who are here, ladies, you know, who are married, maybe your husband has lost some teeth because they are aging. So when they speak, hello, darling, hello, darling. So even when you hear him say, hello, darling, hello, darling, you tell him, man, you, you're the most handsome boy, handsome man I've ever met. Come on. Celebrate your spouse. Send your spouse a text right now if they are not here. If they are here, you celebrate them. Say something that is nice. If you're with your spouse, wherever you are, you are, you are attending the service online. Come on, say something nice about them. <laughs> but also, spend time together. Intentionally, spend time together. And then do things together. And this is another good one. How do we delight in our spouses? Fulfill each other's sexual needs. Oh, that is important. If you don't do that, you'll open the door to the enemy to attack your marriage. So, fulfill each other's sexual needs. So, another man, another woman doesn't come in. Now, some of you, are, uh, some of you boys and girls, single men and women, are, you are in a, a relationship you're planning to get married, you're dating or courting, you can do all those things I've mentioned except one. No fulfilling each other's sexual needs yet. <laughs> all right. Do you still want to hear more? Come on. Do you want to hear more? 
Thirdly, a marriage bond is strengthened when you have a shared family vision. That is very important. A shared family vision is that, is that vision. It's that common dream, common goal. Everyone in the family identifies with and is committed to pursue and achieve. So it's like an organization's vision that focuses everybody's attention, everybody's energy, everybody's effort on something to be accomplished. I tell you what, the family vision focuses every family member's attention and effort and energy on something that you desire to achieve or where you want to go. Just excuse me. So family vision binds a family together and it moves everybody in the same direction. Prophet Amos asks a fundamental question. Do two people walk hand in hand if they are not going to the same place? There is no way. The answer is no. You've got to be together to go to the same direction. And Psalm 133 rather says how good and pleasant it is for God's people to live together in unity. For there, what, the, what does the Lord do? He commands a blessing. And so you need to have a common vision, a shared vision that binds your hearts together. I know, you know, as a husband, you have your own dreams. As a wife, you have your own dreams. You have your own desires and aspirations and passions. But I tell you what, you must have a shared dream that you act on together as a team. So how do you get a shared dream? A shared family dream. Well, talk to God. Ask God to give you a family dream. God is never short of ideas. He will give you the right vision for your family. Talk to him. But also, you need to sit down and talk and agree what you'd like to be your family vision. All right? And lastly, Write down your family vision so it becomes a point of reference to help you handle your family matters. God told prophet Habakkuk, some people pronounce that name as Habakkuk, but he told prophet Habakkuk, write down the vision and inscribe it clearly on tablets so that one who reads it may run. Family vision is important. Lastly, whoo, how do we strengthen the marriage bond? The marriage bond is strengthened when you guard your heart. Everybody say, guard your heart. Come on, say it aloud. Guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 tells us that above all, above all else, Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. To guard your heart means you don't let anything ungodly, anything unhealthy, that will destroy your marriage, that will destroy your family, or even your life, to take root in your heart. I don't allow anything that is ungodly, that is unhealthy, 
to take root in my heart because it will destroy my marriage. It will destroy my life. It will destroy my family. So, to guard our hearts, what do we need to do? Couples, be faithful to each other. Be faithful in your marriage. King Solomon composed this proverb, Proverbs 5, from verse 15, 21, and he gives us this counsel. Drink water from your own well. Share your love only with your wife. Why spill the water of your springs in the streets, having sex with just anyone? You should reserve it for yourselves. Never share it with strangers. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving dear, a graceful doe. Let her breasts satisfy you always. By the way, I did not put those words there. May you always be captivated by her love. Why be captivated, my son, by an immoral woman? Or fondle the breasts of a promiscuous woman? For the Lord sees clearly what a man does, examining every path he takes. Be faithful to your spouse. Stick with your spouse. Because unfaithfulness will destroy your marriage and will destroy your family. But there are other things that we need to guard our hearts against. Can I mention them? Bitterness. Oh, anger. Jealousy. Pride, violence, quarreling, greed, and this is another good one, comparing your husband to other men, comparing your wife to other women. Let's desist from those things by God's grace. You know what? We depend on God to handle our marriages as a gift from him. So what have I said today? I've said that we need to strengthen the marriage bond. And the marriage bond is the covenant union between a husband and wife once they exchange their vows before God. And so how do we, how do we strengthen the marriage bond? By putting God where? At the center. Of our marriages. Wow. Secondly, by delighting in our spouses. Thirdly, by having a shared family vision. And lastly, by guarding our, guarding our hearts against anything, against any behavior that is ungodly, that is unhealthy. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Come on, let's just keep thanking him for his word. Come on, let's keep thanking him for his word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is life. Your word is the light. Your word is guidance to us. Your word is wise counsel to us. God, you've spoken to us today about strengthening our marriages by putting you at the center of our marriages. May we do that with your help. By delighting in our spouses, may we do that with your help. By having a shared family vision, 
God give every family represented in this auditorium and even those who are online, give every family a vision they need to pursue together. And Lord, we need to guard our hearts. That's how we strengthen the marriage, the marriage bond. Guard our, heads, guard our hearts against anything that is unhealthy and ungodly. While every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I want you to ask yourself this question. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Who is at the center of your life? Who is in charge of your life? Who is in control of your life? Even you are online. Who is the driver of your life? Who is leading your life? Is it Jesus in charge of your life? Is it Jesus who is the driver of your life? Is it Jesus in control of your life? or something else, or somebody else, or yourself. If Jesus is not in charge of your life, is not in control of your life, I want to give you opportunity right now to make Jesus the center of your life, to place Jesus at the center of your life, to welcome Jesus in your life as your Lord and, and your Savior. Jesus is the right driver to control your life, to take your life where you ought to go. He knows the right direction your life needs to take. You don't know the right direction your life needs to take. And no one else knows the right direction your life needs to take except Jesus. He has a destiny for you that he wants to take you to. So if you've not surrendered your life to Jesus, raise your hand right now to welcome him in your life. As your Lord and Savior. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, somebody else. Somebody else. Who is at the center of your life? Come on, raise your hand. Put that hand up to Jesus. Somebody else. Thank you. Thank you, child. Thank you. Somebody else. Come on, even in the balcony and online. Click. Click on that link. Yes, click on that link. You online. To give your life to Jesus. To surrender your life to Jesus. To welcome him. To take charge of your life. To take control of your life. To welcome him to be the center of your life. Is there, is there one more person? Maybe you need to recommit your life to Jesus. You need to rededicate your life to Jesus. You need to make a fresh commitment. Oh, to follow Jesus. To live for Jesus. Come on, raise your hand. You say, I'm making a fresh commitment. Raise your hand. I'm making a fresh commitment. I'm rededicating my life. I'm recommitting my life. Raise your hand. You can raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you're recommitting your life to him. If you're rededicating your life to him. Thank you. Thank you. Is there someone else? Come on. Is there someone else? Thank you for making that important decision. Is there someone else saying, I'm recommitting my life to Jesus? Is there one more person? Even in the balcony. Right where you are. In your home or in your office. Wherever you are. Joining us in, in worshiping Jesus today. Raise your hand. You can do it right now. To give your life to Jesus. Can everybody, everybody play, pray this prayer after me? Lord Jesus, come on, pray it aloud. Lord Jesus, today I have decided to give my life to you, to surrender my life completely to you. Take charge of my life. Lead my life. 
guide my life. I thank you for loving me and accepting me as your child, as your son and daughter. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. Can we celebrate the people who have given their lives to Jesus today? Come on. Yeah. Welcome into God's family. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watotochurch.com. Hey, hey,